Welcome to Behind the Audition Podcast with your host, Kurt Hilton. Listen in on interviews with voiceovers, filmmakers, producers, animators, and much more. Kurt, a voice actor himself, will give insider tips to the business, talk with guests about how they got into the business, and be sure to stay tuned to the end of the podcast when he challenges his guests with a pop-up audition. Now it's time for Behind the Audition Podcast. Here's Kurt Hilton. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Audition Podcast. Today, I got to speak to the one and only Daniel Ross. Daniel is most known for his voice of Donald Duck. He has also voiced classic works such as Tom and Jerry, Kid Danger, The Loud House. His voice was in countless video games and even has some on-screen roles to add to the list. We talked about how he landed these roles and much more. So sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Audition Podcast. And coming to the show, the one, the only, the man himself, Daniel Ross. How are you doing today? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. This is so cool. Um, my sister, who is a huge fan of yours and as well as mine, she got in touch and was like, oh my gosh, you have to have him on your show. I'm like, all right, I'll see if he wants to. And it's, it's an honor to have you on here. So thank you again for being on here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I have to explain myself. I'm in full garb because I was filming a TikTok skit uh, where I play a character called the Karen Hunter, and he's a really interesting guy, always hunts Karens. So uh, yeah, I finished that and I'm like, hey, I got to jump into an interview, but I guess we're doing it full makeup and full costume. So here we are. (laughs) I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, to get the show started off, you know, going on right now, but what got you uh, into this world of voice acting? What made you want to be a voice actor? Yeah, um, I think I always was a voice actor. Um, I, as a little kid, I always did impersonations, accents. I would impersonate my teachers, my parents, cartoon characters, and I would get in lots of trouble doing prank phone calls and uh, you know, telling my own stories. I, I didn't have many friends when I was a little kid. So, you know, I, I made believe with my, with my action figures and would give them voices and things like that. So I kind of think I always was a voice actor, but I fell in love with movies and TV. And I started pursuing, at first, a musical theater degree in college. And then I meandered into on-camera work, doing extra work, stand-in work, Uh, and, you know, acting jobs wherever I would take them. And then I continued to meander to film production and then writing so that I could facilitate an on-camera career. And I would say like around 2005, um, I had been doing some fan dubs of Transformers. I don't know if you could tell, I am a big Transformers fan. I have lots of Transformers in the background here. and I, I fell in love with the, the characters on some of the shows, some of the later shows, and got to go to conventions and actually meet the voice actors and see what amazingly wonderful people they were and how talented they were. And it just never occurred to me, hey, uh, you can do this as a job. This is a vocation. And as soon as that clicked in, I was like, I, I want to be a voice actor too. I want to do my on-camera stuff, but I want to be a voice actor. This is so exciting. So I got my first gig working on Transformers, uh, the video game for the first movie back in 2007. And I campaigned to get a role and to audition and it was a whole process. But that was really the moment for me that it solidified. And when I got my foot in the door and I started going to conventions as a guest and meeting with the fans and meeting other voice actors and hearing their story, 
that's when it all really coalesced. And, and I said, this is, this is something I really want to do. Um, so almost seven years ago, I packed up my car. I quit my job. I said goodbye to my friends and family. And I drove out here to Los Angeles to give it a shot. I said, I'm going to give myself five years in the industry. We'll see what happens. And here we are. That is, you know, you're talking about being a class clown and all that. I, I was yeah. a class clown. I actually got uh, biggest mooch in high school. And I, I was like, I couldn't get class clown. Are you serious? But I, I everybody that I interview, a lot of people say class clown and the ones who are always the goofs in the, in the school, which I'm, I'm proud to be. They are the ones that are voice actors. Now we can say, thank you for uh, entertaining you out there, but you landed the the big one, the Donald Duck gig. Tell us about that audition. I sure did. <laughs> how, how was it to land that gig? I mean, how, I mean, one of the most iconic characters. What did it feel like? Uh, it felt incredible. Um, so to give you a little bit of context, my mom taught me the voice when I was a little kid. Uh, she learned how to do it so she could play with me and she would tuck me in at night and she would say, Oh, Daniel, I love you so much. And I would say, Oh, mom, I love you too. And that was like our thing. And I would do that at, you know, parties for friends and, you know, wherever it was requested. But I never in a million years thought that I would have the opportunity to actually voice the character. So uh, when that all happened, I went through an, a, a rigorous process. I auditioned. I went through multiple callbacks, uh, you know, weeks and months of not knowing what was happening. And then finally, I got the call that I got the job and my life completely changed. It felt strange because you never feel the weight of something when you just get the news. You, you, you understand that something is happening, something different is about to happen, but you can't see what the journey ahead is going to look like ahead of time. So you just take it in stride and say, okay, this is a job. I have to do my best at the job. I have to do my research. I have to be responsible. I have to you know, make sure that I'm being a good steward of this character for the duration of the time that I'm, I'm representing him. And so a lot of that started to fit into place later on as I was thinking more about it. But initially it was just excitement. It's like you get a scratcher at, at the store and you, you win a couple of bucks and you're like, oh boy, this is yeah. really cool. Um, but I called my mom, I called my family and they were very excited and we got to share in that. And it was special, you know, because of that relationship with my mom. And um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was some classic Disney magic in that moment for me. So when you, when you got the role, did you have to go into the studio? Or was it, was it remote or was it like, was there like this amazing studio that you went into and did your first, uh, first uh, recording as Donald Duck? So there's an interesting story. I would go into the studio um, and we, we would record separately. Uh, we don't do group records for, for our shows. We would go in separately and we would record individually. But I had gone into a studio uh, a couple of weeks before my first callback for the character. And I just went in because I got an invitation to tour the studio and meet the owners. And I was very excited. And I, I was excited to, to meet them and see what the facilities looked like. You know, just casually going in to say, hello, what's this all about? <laughs> and the very next day was my callback. The owner of the studio was the one facilitating my callback. And he's like, wait, 
I just saw you. And I'm like, wait, I just saw you. <laughs> and it turns out that's the studio that I've ended up recording at uh, for the duration of these projects. So it was, it was fate. It was completely faded uh, that I got to check it out and uh, do a tour and then end up working there. That is awesome. And so um, with, with new projects coming out, and with Donald Duck, do they just call you? Do you still have to go to the studio with the pandemic or do you record at home now? How, how does that work out? So during this pandemic, uh, the world completely changed. And as a, as a voice actor, I had to shore up my technical skills. I had to make sure that I was able and capable and ready to be able to record at home. And so all of my sessions have been recorded here in my office, in my booth. Uh, I've recorded TV shows, uh, dubbed for projects, video games, cartoons, everything, movies, right from here. There was only one instance where I had to go in uh, because the, the session was just too complicated for me to handle. And fortunately, they took every precaution to make sure that I was safe. But for, for my own sake, I've chosen to, to record here. And so far, so good. So far, so good. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and I, I also saw Tom and Jerry. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. and you got to do something. Tell me about the role with Tom and Jerry. That is exciting. I grew up, uh, my dad, it, it was funny. I, I'm a, I'm 45, so 80s and 70s, like those iconic cartoons. But he would he yes. me up on Saturdays. He, actually, he'd wake me up at three in the morning sometimes to watch uh, Little Rascals because there was nothing like, oh. you know, the old school stuff, you know, but uh, Looney Tunes on Saturday you know, and Tom and Jerry, and he would, he would say these eighties cartoons are nothing compared to, you know, Tom and Jerry and all that stuff. And you got to work with another iconic, uh, you know, franchise. How was that? That's right. Um, again, absolutely mind blowing. You know, you go into the industry and you say, okay, I've got my bucket list items and Tom and Jerry is definitely one of those. And I, I had auditioned for a character named Rutger Who's a little German mouse? They beat him up a little bit, but he loves cheese. <laughs> so he's, he's this adorable little character. He's a trio of brothers, and I work with an amazing uh, voice actor named Chris Edgerly. And uh, so we play this trio of mice. And uh, yeah, we started in season three of the Tom and Jerry show, and we're now into season five. So uh, yeah, we've been doing three seasons of the Tom and Jerry show, and you know, some other things, of course, I can't talk about, but uh, yeah, I, I play Rutger, I play uh, Dave, who's like Igor, who works for um, uh, this mad doctor and scientist, yes, master, um, let him enjoy the menacing. Um, so I play him and I play a bunch of uh, smaller characters, so I get used a lot as a utility player uh, on those episodes and for other episodes, so yeah, I love those opportunities because I get to play a bunch of different characters and uh, to have my footprint, my voice print on this show uh, is just amazing. Just amazing. That is awesome. And with you talking about video games, uh, I believe I saw what Worlds of, Wor Worlds of Warcraft and yes. some other games. That's I, I'm a, I've been doing a lot of commercial and I've been doing a little indie video games. How is it working on that? I mean, like these big time video games, what's it like auditioning for some of those roles? It's very different. So every genre of voiceover has its own um, isms. It has its own way of doing things. When you're doing video games, sometimes they can be cartoony, but most of the time they are grounded in reality. So you're doing more of a, 
theatrical to film performance for a video game as opposed to like a wacky cartoon character. <laughs> so it's it's very different in terms of your approach. And when I do video games, I really lean into my on-camera, uh, you know, days and skills. So it requires a different thought process. It requires a different cadence, a different tone, different timing, different research into the characters. Now, granted, you don't always get a lot of time to research your characters because you book it, it's super secretive, you go to the session, and then they give you the script, and they give you the description. So you kind of have to just boom, 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 make your choices, and, you know, work with the director to create something uh, special. So, yeah, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, I played about four different characters. Um, I played Kadarin and Ardenweald. The world owes you a great debt. And I played a little mechanome, someone who's like, recycle, reuse, we love you. Um, <laughs> you know, so so it's it's nice to have that variety in, in the performances that you give. But video games are very gratifying. Um, they have a huge fan base. Uh, and you never know what's going to, you know, take off and, and be really exciting for, for the fans of that franchise. To be in Warcraft, oh my gosh, talking about bucket list items. Uh, working for Blizzard is incredible, so I'm very happy to have done that. And yeah, lots more video games on the way, and a lot I can't talk about. <laughs> that is great, and you know, you see a, a a lot of voice actors on TikTok, and I'm learning the TikTok stuff. Uh, I call it tickety talk. Uh, yes. Um, and I saw I, I'm learning. I've been doing a lot of corny stuff on there. I'm learning the roles, and I'm following you on your TikTok. Um, going back to the 80s, you had me laughing so hard. I, it's one of those moments. Um, I just talked to Stefan Johnson. He's one of those other ones. on. Yes. That, Love uh, he, yeah, he he cracks me up. And um, you did the never ending story. And uh, you're like, do at me. And I was trying to, but I couldn't stop laughing because that <laughs> that song, it's something about nostalgic 80s movies. But if you're not around anybody, you're jamming it. You know what I mean? So that's right. The world no, I went for the classic 80s video, you know, with with the the uh, the mullet haircut and the hairspray. And uh, yeah, I was hoping more people would duet the other part so it could be like the full music video. I got but, something hey, planned. I got nice something planned. Oh, yeah, it was funny. And um, the world, the world of TikTok, do you think that helps voice actors like get out there and get exposed? You I mean, because there's it's, it's like a. Uh, all the other platforms, it seems like they're getting away from it. They want some fast entertainment like TikToks, that quick, funny, you don't like it, they scroll. And I think TikTok, I see more and more voice actors on you. Do you think it's a good way to expose yourself on there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the, if we're getting into technical terms, <laughs> I think the, the algorithm is very generous. Um, you have an opportunity through hard work uh, to build a following. And realistically, you know, YouTube has been good for that for many people for many years. I never really had the idea that I was going to be a content creator. I was more focused on my craft and focusing on the business. So the idea of like doing skits and other things just for giggles, I, I just didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to put myself out there in that in that respect, because I, I never got into this to say, oh, I want to be famous. You know, I want people to know who I am. I just want to practice my craft. Right. Um, so TikTok really allowed for me to be able to interact with people at, at, a, at a capacity that I 
don't think I've had the opportunity to do before. I get to go live and have chats with people, mm-hmm. uh, tell them about my day, give them a, a little glimpse of my life, you know, besides just the characters that I do. Um, and, you know, get, get, a, get a sense of who I am as an individual. And I think that's really important. Um, people look for authenticity. And I think TikTok allows for that. You have a platform to be funny, you have a platform to, you know, do a dance, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, create some skits. And I've really enjoyed, especially during this pandemic, um, when I've had plenty of time to myself, an opportunity to, you know, unleash some creative energy and also make some people laugh. Because, boy, do we need it. Boy, Absolutely. Do we need it. Absolutely. So to have that opportunity, to have that platform, to have something that allows me to build an audience uh, and spread some some joy. Uh, I've got no complaints. I love it. I really do. That's awesome. And I told Stefan the same thing. I can tell me, I think it's great. And I, I appreciate you guys doing that because like you said, it gets us through the day. And then mentally, sometimes when you have those days where you just like you're burnt out or whatever, you get on there and you just laugh and, it, and you kind of connect with other people on there and you feel like you meet new friends and, you know, kind of have fun with one another and, and the voice acting world everybody gets along. And I think it's a, a really cool about the voice acting world. There seems everybody gets along and I, and I really enjoy that. So. I, I agree with that. And I'll just say one of the reasons I got into voice acting is because I love, love voice actors as people. They are incredible people, you know, take, take me out of the equation. I'm not talking about myself here, but voice actors are some of the most warm, generous, uh, authentic and fun people you will ever meet if you, if you ever have the pleasure. Uh, and some of my dearest friends are voice actors and my idols are voice actors. And I just love the community that I'm in and the people that I get to work and play with. It's, it's really astounding. And just one of the reasons I love what I do. That's all. Who, who is somebody that you met that you've always wanted to meet as a voice actor? Did you get to meet some really cool people? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, look, I've gotten to work with Bill Farmer, Jim Cummings, Frank Welker, Tress McNeil, Debbie Derryberry, E.G. Daly, David Sobolov, David Kay, Ian Corlett, Eric Bauza. I mean, I could literally go on and on and on. Um, it's, it, it blows my mind that I get to call these people my peers and colleagues. And when I see them at a studio, we have a chat. And I walk away from those chats grinning from ear to ear like, I just had a conversation with Yakko Warner. I just had a conversation with Apu from Aladdin. I just had a conversation with Jimmy Neutron. You know, that kind of stuff is just magic to me. Wow. And so uh, I love the people. Uh, I love the environment and the community is, uh, is really wonderful. That is awesome. And so on screen, do you like to do some on screen? Like, do you like, yes. to, do you enjoy that as well? What, I mean, I do what, all the what, makeup I'm wearing right now t- tells you, yes, I do. <laughs> do you prefer, um, what do you prefer more voice acting, voice acting or on screen? It's a different thing. It's like, do I go to McDonald's tonight or do I go to Wendy's? What do I do? <laughs> I'm going to enjoy both of whatever I get, but what, what is it that I really want? Um, I love on camera. I love, as, as a performer, as a creator and an actor, I love the ability to stir emotion in others, whether that be positive or negative, playing bad guys is always fun, but I love being able to stir emotion in other people and teach lessons through those emotions. 
to be a chameleon myself, to be able to step into roles and have people say, wait, is that Daniel? Whoa. Like that gives me so much satisfaction. So when people say you're the voice of Donald Duck and Lucky the Leprechaun and Starscream, I didn't know that was all one person. That just tickles me to pieces because gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I love them both for very different reasons. I miss theater. I haven't had many opportunities to do that. Um, most of my uh, emphasis these days has been on voiceover. And, you know, in the environment here in Los Angeles, when I moved here, I made the decision that I was only going to focus on voiceover because I realized if I try to focus on everything, I may accomplish nothing. So let me focus on one thing. Let me do it really well. Let me learn everything there is to learn about it. And let's see what I can do. So last year during 2020, I was going to try to focus again on, on camera, but obviously the world had different plans. So uh, whenever we come back, uh, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to get an, another agent, uh, manager, and start doing some on-camera stuff. That is awesome. And for those getting into this world of voice acting, um, for some beginners, what advice would you give to them? Because there seems to be a, a whole bunch of them out there, and there seems that want to do this seriously, and there's some that think it's this fast money, which they need to understand. Some that need to understand you need thick skin because you have to have thick skin or you're, you're, you're not going to make it a week. What advice yeah. would you give to them uh, getting into this business? Um, if you want to be famous, don't get into this industry. If you want to be rich, don't get into this industry. It's, it's so fickle and there is no guaranteed success. The only thing you can do is steal yourself uh, from the downsides of rejection, uh, because it's going to be a lot of rejection. I audition on average, probably about 400 auditions per year. Uh, I will book probably less than 1% of that. Wow. So, you know, the majority of the time you're just kind of screaming out into the void and hoping that something will happen. It's like sitting in front of a, 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 a sitting at a casino in front of the slot machine and you're just pulling the lever, pulling the lever, feeding it money, feeding it money, feeding it money. But eventually it might pay out a little bit or you might hit the jackpot. Right. But that's the thing. It's a gamble. And the only thing that you can do is be the best performer that you can be, be knowledgeable of the different avenues that you might be able to work in, uh, be a good person. You know, you, you want to network with people and, and you can't ask everybody for things. You, you have to make genuine relationships with people. Um, so there's, there's a lot more to it than just making a funny voice or, Hey, I've got a great voice. What I would highly suggest for anybody interested in getting started is study acting, study acting first and foremost, mostly because once again, you're not just doing a funny voice, you're creating a character. So there needs to be a whole story behind it. You need to be able to understand the mechanisms to tell that story, um, and then, of course, uh, improvisation is really important. Uh, learning how to think on your feet, especially for comedic timing. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a session and maybe the writers aren't sure about a certain line and they say, hey, Daniel, what do you think? And then I just blurt something out and that ends up in the episode. So it's up to me as a professional to be able to give them that option, to be able to say, here's what I think we should do. Because if it comes to me and I say, uh, uh, I, I don't know, whatever you guys want to do, I'm offering no value to them and they'll remember that. So acting, basics and fundamentals of acting, 
improvisation, absolutely crucial. Understanding your instrument, knowing what your capabilities are. Does my voice lend itself to promo, narration, trailers, commercials, uh, character animation, video games, audio books? Uh, what is it that my voice is going to do the best out in the, in the world? What, what do I think I can actually uh, get some traction and make money doing? All of those things are important questions to ask yourself. And then I'd also suggest check out D. Bradley Baker's website, one of the most prolific voice actors in the industry. Check out his website, IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. Wow. Amazing resource for anybody who's just starting, intermediate, advanced, all the way through. Uh, he created that website for the very, to answer that very question of, I'd like to be a voice actor. What do I do? So please do check that out. That is awesome advice. I just finished uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, uh, Green Lights. I don't know if you had a chance right, to read that. Right, right. Oh, that book was so good. And I, I had to stop a couple of times. He said the same thing that you say about learn how to, you know, you have to know how to act. And I think, and I've heard so many times voice actors tell me you got to know how to act first. You got to have thick skin. You got to, you got to study your character. And I was taught record, walk away, come back in and listen again. And you'll find out that it really wasn't that good because you're in a rush. This job's not about being a rush. And you hit the other one that I like you, you said was don't expect to be rich because a lot of people think, just because you do this, you're going to be rich. And I, I think that's great advice you give. And I appreciate that. Well, to, to put something in perspective for you, there are some days I have no auditions. There are some days I have one or two auditions. There are some days I wake up and I have 20 auditions. So I wake up, I do my auditions and I go to sleep and that's my day. <laughs> but I don't necessarily have the luxury of picking apart every single character and doing all the research and taking lots of time to really invest myself. Because mm -hmm. I have to go, 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 go. So as a professional voice actor, I have to reach into my pocket of tricks to say, this voice, this archetype, this character. And that takes some training. That takes, you know, your 10,000 hours of training to be able to navigate that. Because not only are you creating this character, not only are you recording, you have to make sure it sounds good. You have to edit it. You have to send it off. You have due dates. You have uh, times that they need to be in for. You might need to do a little research depending on what type of network it is. Cartoon Network sounds different from, you know, Disney Junior. Mm -hmm. uh, a car commercial on TV sounds different than a lottery commercial on the radio. So you kind of have to know where to place yourself. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of layering of your knowledge. Wow, that is great feedback. And on that note, it's time for the audition challenge. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and send this to you. I'll, I'm going to edit this part, but I'm going to send this to you. I'm going to send the, uh, there's the script I sent to you in the, in the uh, notes. And I'll, uh, I'll come back here in three, two, one. And so this is the audition challenge and you can use any voice you want and go ahead and read the lines and, those, and the voice you choose and uh, go ahead and take it away when you're ready. Okay, well, I'm going to start with a little bit of pre-roll. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let me read it first. I always like to read out loud. They're back, and they're here for a limited time. Make way for parachute pants coming to a store near you. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. All right. So you asked for this. They're back, and they're here for a limited time. Make way for parachute pants coming to a store near you. 
I love it. I love it. That was awesome. It reads, it reads like a commercial. Now I could do that very differently. I could say, I could say, let's do it more refined. Okay. They're back and they're here for a limited time. Make way for parachute pants coming to a store near you. That's <laughs> so awesome. That was like the eighties. I loved it. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I am so thankful you took time out of your busy, busy schedule to come talk to me. Absolutely. And Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the best out there, Daniel Ross. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Be sure to follow Daniel Ross on Instagram, TikTok, and more at actor Daniel Ross. You can also visit his website at actordanielross.com. Thanks for listening in on Behind the Audition podcast, made possible by Hilton Productions. If you need a male or female voiceover, contact us at hiltonproductions.com. Hilton Productions, let our voices do the selling.